And tonight we are going to wrap up our, our study in First Peter. And all God's people said, Amen. It's been a bit of a, it's taken us a little, little while to get through here, but there's, there's just so much material here that uh, well, even, the, uh, even the treatment that we've been able to give to it is, is, is just a, a surface treatment. But of course, uh, God has many things to say to us as we open His Word uh, each week. And tonight we want to look at chapter 5, that fifth chapter, fifth and final chapter of 1 Peter. And, um, and before we do that, let's just pause again for a word of prayer. Father, as we open Your Word tonight, we ask that by Your Spirit You would come and, uh, and quicken it to our lives. Lord, as we, uh, as we break this bread, as we open this, this Word up, we pray that You would feed Your people. Uh, you know the situations, the various situations that we have come from tonight. We come from varied backgrounds, varied traditions, varied family lives today, varied, various pressures that have been placed upon these people as we've gathered here tonight. And Lord, You know the situation of each and every heart, and so I pray tonight that You would take Your Word and apply it exactly where it needs to be in every heart. And Holy Spirit, we thank You for Your faithful ministry to us in that regard tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. First Peter chapter 5, and we're going to read the entire uh, 14 verses. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Verse 8, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder. To the elders among you. Many times this passage that we have before us is used and applied to church leadership, to pastors, to teachers, to those who give leadership to a body of believers. And it is fair and it is a good application of that passage. But I believe, and I think that the Scripture bears this out tonight, 
that that is a rather limited view of this passage. Rather, this passage is speaking to the entire body of Christ. To the entire body of Christ. And as Peter begins this final chapter, these final thoughts in this, in this letter that he's writing to this suffering church, he, he sharpens his pen a little bit and he gets a little bit more pointed in his, in his comments. You in the body. He's been talking to this body of believers, this church that is under pressure. This church that is facing persecution. This church that is being pushed from their homes and, and, is, and is under terrible threat. Day and night. He is writing to this body of believers to encourage them. And, and in verse 13, verse, uh, verse 12 rather, we have, we have the purpose of his writing of this letter. He says, I'm writing to encourage you. I'm writing to strengthen you. As you're facing these trials, as you're facing this difficulty, as you're facing this pressure, I'm writing to encourage you, to give strength to your, to your faith. To give some some backbone to your faith as you begin dealing with these persecutions, as you begin dealing with the pressure that is upon you. I am writing to encourage you, and I'm writing to let you know that, that these sufferings and these, these troubles that you're, that you're facing are nothing out of the ordinary, but rather your Savior suffered. And, and so you and I, in the body of Christ, shouldn't be surprised when that same suffering comes and touches our doorstep. And so Peter says, I'm writing to encourage you, body of believers. And now as he's beginning to wrap up, his, wrap up this little letter, he wants to make some very pointed, pointed comments. And the Spirit of God through Peter wants to, wants to single out a couple of groups within that early church. And so he begins in first, verse 1 of chapter 5. To the elders among you. To the elders among you. That word presbuteros in the Greek, really in every sense of that word, in every way that it's in, interpreted in scriptures, it carries with it someone of senior age, someone of elder status. It speaks clearly of chronological years, someone who has gained experience in life. And so he says to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, also as one who has a little bit of history behind me. And don't we read of Peter's history? Peter, the outspoken one. Peter, the one that has to be chastised by Jesus. Peter, the one who has denied Jesus. Peter, who is the one who has been gently and lovingly restored by Jesus. This same Peter, now is he is being used by the Spirit of God to strengthen this early church with these years of experience and this life experience behind him. He says, I as a fellow one, one who has walked many miles in this life, I appeal also to you who have life experience. I appeal to you elders, you seniors in the, in the group. I appeal to you specifically as a fellow elder and as a witness of Christ's sufferings, and also as one who will share in His glory to be revealed. Peter says that he is a co-elder, a co-recipient of God's grace and of God's redemption. And Peter singles them out and he says, To you, 55-plusers, I have, I have something to say. 
Well, a few, a few heads popped up at that point. I have something to say to you who have a little bit more life experience than the rest of the flock. And I want you to take this personally, Peter says, because this means you. Be shepherds. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Be shepherds, serving as overseers, not because you must, not because you're under any kind of compulsion to do so, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive that crown of glory that will never fade away. Be shepherds of God's flock. Notice that this instruction is not given to some professional ministers among the group. The word is not, and to you who are the spiritual leader, to you who have been paid to come and be the pulpit filler in the early church, but rather he says, to you who have the status of seniors within this group. All those who have, well, in our, in our context, I, would, I suppose we would say the 55-plus crowd. And I'll be there sooner than I care to think. Notice that this instruction is given to the body of believers and not to some ministerial elite, if I can use that term. He says, be shepherds. Be shepherds. Be shepherds of these young ones that are in this flock, these, these young ones that have been entrusted to you. Be shepherds. Now, the calling of a shepherd is not, not usually filled with fanfare. The calling of a shepherd is not usually filled with lights and newspaper announcements. You might, as you're reading through the, the classified sections of your newspapers, you might see so-and-so has been appointed to this board. Or so-and-so, we're, we're glad to announce the, the arrival of such-and-such such a person to our firm, and he's going to bring a wealth of experience. And she, she has this wealth of experience, and we want to trumpet the fact that this one has, has joined our firm. But shepherds, you'll, you'll never see the announcements of a shepherd that's been hired. See, the calling of a shepherd is a, is a calling of faithful service. And sometimes it's lonely, and sometimes it's lowly, and sometimes it can be a dirty calling. And he's calling, he's calling to the elders of this assembly to get involved in shepherding this flock. Get involved in shepherding this flock. Understand that if you're going to follow Christ, you're, you're going to need to get involved in the lives of this flock. These young ones that are around you, sometimes serving them is going to bring a lowly, a lowly ministry. Sometimes it's going, to be, it's going to be rough and tumble. Sometimes it's going to be a little dirty. But we're called to be shepherds. Shepherds of the flock. Being a shepherd often involves risk. Putting oneself in harm's way in order to protect that little one, that, that weaker one. Often it is dirty work. Often it is very lonely work. But you and I are called to be shepherds. Shepherds of the flock. Shepherds of God's flock. See, it's not your flock and it's not my flock, but you and I are called to shepherd His flock. 
Our responsibility, the responsibility that the Holy Spirit gives to you and to me tonight, is to be overseers, to be shepherds of the flock that belongs to our Father. And our responsibility is to care for them as He would care for them. And to love them as He would love them. To guide them as He would guide them. To protect them as He would protect them. Because they have been entrusted to our care. They have been entrusted to our care. And like any other under-shepherd, we are accountable to the chief shepherd. And He will hold us to an account. See, it is not our flock we are guarding. We are guarding and guiding not for our benefit, but for the good of the flock and the glory of the chief shepherd. And so He calls us. He calls us. He calls each one of us. And He speaks to the elders in the group and He says, this is no time to find that cozy retirement chair. This is no time to to hang up the spurs, as it were. This is no time to pull back from the labor, but you who are elders, press in as shepherds. Take up the responsibility of shepherds of the flock of God because they have been entrusted to you. And they have been entrusted to our care. And we, like any shepherd, like any under-shepherd, will give an account one day to the chief shepherd. And if he finds us when he comes, if he finds us caring for his sheep, if he finds us caring for his flock, tenderly guiding them and leading them, caring for them, having our lives intertwined with theirs, having, having the very issues of their lives in our hearts so that we might guide and lead and protect them. If when He comes, He finds us leading them, then you and I will receive that crown of never-ending glory. You and I are called to be shepherds. Shepherds with the right motivation. Now, there's all sorts of reasons why someone might want to become a shepherd. Some might feel compelled to do it. And he says, no, compulsion is not the reason to become a shepherd. Not because you have to, but because you get to. Because you understand the awesome privilege that God has given to you and I. And particularly here, he's talking to the elders the awesome privilege that God has given you who have experience in God of leading that next generation in faithful service to Him, in faithful love of their Savior. Not out of compulsion are you called to do this, but out of love that God Himself would entrust you and me with such an awesome and a high privilege as this. And so we were drawn to serve Him out of a loving heart And we're drawn to serve His flock out of a loving heart. Not out of compulsion, but because we want to. Not for financial gain. Some might decide to become a shepherd for the paycheck that it provides. Those shepherds never last very long. Because the job doesn't pay all that much. Sometimes it's lonely and sometimes it's dirty. And sooner or later, that shepherd will take a walk. And so we are called to be shepherds of God's flock, not for monetary gain, and not for power of position. Some shepherds like the fact that they can guide sheep, but that is not what it is to be with you and I. We are called to be shepherds, not for power, and not from pride, not from the pride that comes with age. 
Yes, sometimes we can develop a prideful sense of ourselves. We can say, you know, you know, they've, they've, they've never made a good generation since our generation. Uh, all these other generations are just inferior. And in fact, just about every generation seems to say that of the, of the one following. And so we are called to serve not, not from compulsion, not for monetary gain, not for power of position, and not from the pride that comes with our advanced age, but we are called to be shepherds. To be shepherds out of love for God. Out of love for His flock. Out of love for the people of God. Willing to serve. Willing to serve even as the chief shepherd was willing to serve and to lay down His life for us. And the reward is worthwhile. The reward is worthwhile. When He, that chief shepherd, appears, that, that is, Jesus Christ, when He comes, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. And that crown speaks of authority. You and I will rule and reign with Christ if we have been found faithful here in this earth with the responsibilities that He's entrusted to us. Are you faithfully caring for the flock of God that is under your care? Have you faithfully, are, you, are you taking up the cause of Christ and guiding His flock and guiding those who have coming, coming after you and being that example that the Scriptures are calling us to be tonight? Not lording it over them. Not for monetary gain. Not from compulsion. Not even from pride. But in order to honor Christ. And when He comes, that chief shepherd, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. That unfading glory speaks of eternal life with Jesus Christ in His presence. We will enjoy Him forever. And so... Peter begins, and the Spirit of God in this chapter begins speaking to the elders in the congregation. And in verse 5, he, he changes his focus a little bit and he speaks now to the, next, to the younger generation. He says, young men, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. And all of you, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. And cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. You who are younger, be submissive to your elders. You must come under the authority of our elders and spiritual leaders. Spiritual authority is something that's that's hardly talked about in our world at all. Remember back in, in Bible college days, I had the privilege of being in a musical group, a singing group that was sent out from the college. There was two such groups that went from our college at, in Eastern Pentecostal Bible College in Peterborough, Ontario. And as in any group, you need to have a, a leader established and somebody who's going to or organize a schedule and make sure that everybody's at rehearsals and those sorts of things. And, and the leader in our group was, was a young Bible college student. She was many years younger than me. And I was one of the more senior students in, in the school, as a matter of fact, and certainly on that musical team. I had a few years in the, in the business world already under my belt at that point when, 
when I felt that God was calling me to go and pursue a Bible college education. And so I was a little bit more senior than the rest. And I remember her coming to me very directly one day and being a little bit concerned that she had been given the task of being the leader of the team. And here I was being these many years older than her and with more, with more of life's experience. And I was able to share with her a lesson that I had learned some years before on a summer missions trip. That when God puts someone in authority, be they younger or older or whatever the case might be, that is God's chosen vessel. That you and I are called to step in line with their leadership. And so I assured her that God has placed on you the mantle of leadership. And you can expect from me my full compliance. I understand that you are the leader. And I will support you and I will pray for you. And I'll make sure that everybody else on the team does as well. And you could see that as I shared that, that sent, sentiment with her, that her head just lifted up about two or three inches. And that weight of concern just melted away from her. Because you see, you and I are called, you and I are called to be under the authority of those that God has placed over us. And here's Scripture the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through Peter in these scriptures and telling us, young men, you young people, you come under the authority of those who have gone before. You submit yourselves to their leadership and to their wisdom. They have fought some battles that you are going to face and you are going to need their wisdom. You're going to need to rely on, on their, their guidance because they've been down some of those roads before and they've fought some of those battles before. And so, young men, you who sometimes, and, and we sometimes, as, as younger people, we can kind of blame the generation that's gone before us for all our ills. There's a, there's a pride of, of youth as well as there's a pride of age. Sometimes we think that, well, we're, on, we're all the rage now because we've come of age. And so the Scriptures are speaking to the youngsters and saying, young men, young women, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. And in fact, all of you, now again, he wraps up everybody in one, in one statement, and he says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud. And in the same way, you young people, with the same motivation, you need to submit to the authority of the elders, not from compulsion, but of a loving heart. Not for gain, not for power, not for pride but because you have a love for Jesus Christ and His flock. All believers, young and old alike, submit to one another. Submit to one another in humility. In humility, submit to one another. F.B. Meyer has an interesting statement that I came across in preparation for tonight. And he says this, he says, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves one above another, and the taller we grow, the easier we can reach them. But now I find that God's gifts are on shelves one beneath the other. And the lower we stoop, the more we get. And so in humility, the Scriptures are calling us to serve one another. Do you have advanced years? Do you have the experience of a life well lived? Has God done miraculous things in your life and brought you to a place of senior age? And use that wisdom that God has given you to serve the flock of God that's been entrusted to your care. 
and be an example. Not lording it over them, but as an example. As a three-dimensional picture to the younger generation of what it means to have a heart that's on fire for Christ. To have a life that's wholly committed to Him. Are you a younger person? Then serve the flock of God. Serve your elders in humility. Serve your elders in humility. Follow their leadership. Accept their instruction. Because God, that chief shepherd, when He comes, He will hold us all to an account. And serve one another in humility. Serve one another in humility because you know what? God opposes the proud. God resists the proud. So if you want to take pride in your position, you know, I've been serving God since 1942. Never learned anything new since then, and I'm not going to learn it now. Certainly not from someone younger. Don't you know that God opposes pride? Well, I'm a young person, and you know, those old duffers, they, they haven't changed since 1942, and I'm not taking anything from them. Don't you know God opposes the proud? So all of us, young and old alike, we are called to serve one another with humility, recognizing that God has given the seniors to the youth as a gift, as models, as examples, as guides. And He's given the youth to those of us who are more senior to maybe sometimes blow a little extra fresh wind into our sails, to encourage and to minister and to bring strength. And don't you know that God opposes the proud? So clothe ourselves with humility. Clothe with ourselves with humility. Esteem one another as better than ourselves, the Scriptures tell us. Are you an elder? Then deal with the younger, not from pride, but from humility, being ready to serve. Are you younger? Then deal with your seniors, not from pride, but from humility, being ready to serve. And then finally, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, to devour. You see, it's the enemy of your souls that runs around with pride, with a prideful heart. With trying to puff you up with some undue self-pride. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, to devour. But if you and I are going to be faithful to God tonight, we are called to be self-controlled and to resist Him. And to resist the call and to resist that pull of pride. We are called to stand firm in our faith because we know that Brothers all around the world are undergoing sufferings. And the God of all grace who called us to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. If we are going to serve one another for Christ, it calls for humility. It calls for self-control. Humbling ourselves and being willing to serve each other calls for self-control. It calls for the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to produce that fruit of the Spirit in the life of a believer. And you see, we have an enemy on the prowl. And he wants to divide us. He wants us to stand up in pride against each other. To cause a, a root of division to be, to be sown in your life. 
He wants you to, to think that you're all that. But we're not to be of those who devour each other. That is not of God. Has there been backbiting or gossip, slander, hatred or resentment of a brother or sister in Christ? Maybe someone older, maybe someone younger. They just don't understand me. They just don't make room for me. Has there been resentment? Has there been pride? You know, the ancient serpent, that devil, he comes to twist and to puff us up with pride so that we can get our, our noses all out of a joint, that we can get ourselves all offended and we become of no use to God. And God is calling us to be shepherds, to be shepherds of the flock that He's entrusted to us and to guide them, to guide that younger generation as examples, as our lives are, are shining examples to them of the grace of God. Of the grace of God. And what God can do in a life that is surrendered. God wants to use you. And He wants to use me. And He wants to use old and He wants to use young alike to share in His eternal glory in Christ Jesus. This is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. Stand fast in it. And these things have been written to encourage and to strengthen you as you press in to follow Christ in a world that pressures and persecutes. Let's pray. Father, tonight we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the call that has come to us to give ourselves to You and to one another as shepherds of your flock, as under-shepherds. And we understand, Lord, tonight that this is not a word that is spoken to a professional, but this word is spoken to us, the body. That as we endeavor to serve you, that you're calling us to shepherd those who are coming behind us and to model lives of faithfulness, to model lives of passion, to model lives of dedication and commitment to Christ. Father, we pray tonight that You would help us. And as You had set out at the beginning of this passage, Father, as You spoke to the elders, we pray tonight that for the elders in the room tonight, perhaps they felt at various times that they've been, been made to feel like they're not not needed, not wanted. Your word comes to them tonight to say, I need you. I have a calling for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for you. And it is a high and a mighty calling. And you're calling them tonight, O oh God, to be shepherds of your flock. And to live lives of godly examples so the younger generation might follow. And Father, for the younger ones tonight, you're calling us also you're calling also to serve with humility and not in pride. To give ourselves to the care of your flock tonight. Father, we thank you for this time tonight. We pray that your word would be applied to our hearts exactly where we need it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.